Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris, and this is the Next Level BizTech podcast. So this week, we are talking security, and we are on security and assessments. We're actually going to have multiple sections of security. But today, what we've got leading out the track is we've got Jason Stein, VP of the Security Practice here at Tolaris. Jason, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you having me. So I uh, I want to jump into what's turning into be one of the funner parts of these podcasts is hearing how everybody got to where they're at. Uh, some people have had very linear paths. Some people have uh, you know been been washing boats and selling vacuums. I, I'm one of those vacuum guys, but done all all kinds of crazy stuff leading up to this. So just first of all, right? We know you're the practice leader in the Advanced Solutions Group at Tolaris, helping people really build out and partners build out strategies and practices around security, aligning with suppliers, aligning with us. How about up to now? What, what, how did you get to here? So it's funny. I actually went to school to be a pastor. I graduated with my degree in theology and my minor in biblical studies. And I said, you know what I should do with that? I should bartend. <laughs> and so I worked for a restaurant and I had this regular and he was from Boston, and and so we started chatting for a while, and he kept saying, you should be in sales. And I said, no, I don't want to be in sales. I want to be a pastor. And he said, just put a resume together. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I had a resume that said bartender and aspiring pastor. And they took 1,000 resumes. They interviewed 200 people, and they hired five. And eventually that became Exo Communication. <laughs> so I got started 23 years ago by getting my degree in theology. Um and then as I started to go, I just kind of moved with technology. So I started in the data center space, and then I moved into uh, this amazing technology that was never going to be replaced. It was called a BlackBerry. And uh, <laughs> selling those to enterprises. And then I got recruited over to sell this another amazing technology that's never going to go away. It's called MPLS. Yes. And, uh, and so then um, I left there and got into to cloud. And I kind of built a, a name uh, for speaking. Um, I guess the pastoral background finally came into play. Amen. And somebody said, hey, you know, Target just got breached. My buddy um, wants to talk to you about cybersecurity. And so that person was Chris Nyman over at Vigilant. I listened to the story, and I just fell in love with cybersecurity. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. So for the last 10 years, I found myself immersed in uh, cybersecurity. And uh, even got to work for the Russian spies. Because <laughs> first, so uh, all right, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I know we're supposed to go into security and assessments, but maybe we'll. We we just went from theology to bartending to MPLS to Russian spies. So if anybody <laughs> thinks we're not putting unique content on this podcast, today's the day where that changes. All right, uh, I'm I'm not going to touch that one. Um, so so we've got. We've got multiple tracks coming on security, right? We've got you leading out a track. We've got a supplier coming, and then um, we've got a partner perspective. We're doing that with security and assessments. We're doing that with virtual CISO. We're doing that. So there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of upcoming tracks on security. Today is about security and and assessments. 
So, you know, I, I want you to maybe just unpack a little bit about, uh, there's a lot of people that think, oh, I could just get a scan. Uh, I can do this. I can do that. Talk about first, we, we, we know security. We know it's front of mind. We know we've got a huge focus on it. And we're going to unpack that. But just assessments, unpack assessments for me. If somebody says I need an assessment or should I get an assessment, what in the world does that encompass? Yeah, so when you think about assessments, it's really to find out where are you as an organization? Are you vulnerable? You know, should we do an assessment on that? Do you have risks? Do you have gaps in your portfolio? Can an, an ethical pen tester get into your environment? It really gives us that baseline to find out what's in place today where your vulnerability and weaknesses are. And then we can go from there on making recommendations to help be an extension of their IT staff and, and then solidify their IT organization from a cybersecurity standpoint. And so assessments are a great baseline on where to start, but if you don't have that, you don't really have the, the, the game plan or the, the book as to, you know, where to go from there. So, uh, you know, obviously, with partners or, or, or potential partners and things like that listening to this podcast, I want them to be able to walk away going, all right, if I go start to talk to my customers about assessments, are, are, are the customers already going to have an envisionment of where they think they are? Uh, are they going to say, no, 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 we're good here. We don't need anything. I'm just kind of curious, when you see assessments get done, are you finding that the customers know exactly where they're at? They know their gaps. They know their vulnerabilities. Or are you finding that the assessments are, are eye-opening of uh, how much of that is, is couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, you bring up a really interesting point there. So 100% of the customers we talk to uh, think that they're better than they are. And so when we do an assessment, I actually polled uh, all 50 of our cybersecurity providers and that, that used assessments. And I said, uh, you know, how many times did you do an assessment or a pen test last year and come back with absolutely zero? to for a customer and they said not once did we come back and not find a thing. So usually customers think that they're a little bit better off. Sometimes they can be a little bit standoffish and, and put the hand out saying, you know what, we're okay. And so as we start to dig deeper and say, hey, we're not here to do anything other than make sure that your posture is up to speed, that you guys have all the, the necessary things and to make recommendations. You know, the worst thing is for you to have something malicious living in your environment because Things are going undetected still on industry average for over 200 days. If we could point one of those things out, you know, and save your organization time, money, or reputational damage, that's ultimately what we want to do. So a lot of times we'll start with the IT decision maker, and then we end up going to the C-suite, whether it be the CFO, the COO, the CEO, or the board of directors, and say, hey, we'd love to give you just some feedback on how amazing your IT staff is. Would you be open to us kind of doing an independent search on things that they, you know, maybe exposing your organization to, and then make some recommendations on how to sure up that environment? Good points. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about here for a second. I, I think so much of this is that um, security is new to the channel, and really in the last few years is the way that it's expanded out of what's available to sell how, how uh, relevant the threats are and everything that's happened, just maybe it seems like in the last three, four years. So curious, uh, maybe you can tell everybody here, you know, what, what are the resources that Tolaris has? What is, what is Tolaris doing? And, and just from a starting point, if they're not familiar in this space, where do they start? How do they create a practice around this and, and, and kind of a talk track? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a great point. So <clears throat> we have 20, about 20 engineering resources available to our partners. You know, cybersecurity is a necessary part of doing business. And we cover all aspects of cybersecurity. We help to be that extension of the IT staff that I was talking about. We offer expert guidance on how to protect organizations. Three of the resources that we have today are CISSPs. We could have as many as five or six by the end of the year. And so our goal is to really treat cybersecurity no different than any other technology that's in our portfolio, which is you want to have a business conversation around it. You know, let's talk about how many IT resources are, do you have in place? How many are dedicated to security? Are you able to staff that 24 by 7? Is the CFO going to approve additional headcount? Will he approve additional technology to help protect the organization? Where are you at when it comes to certain aspects of security? You know, there's a lot of different things when it comes to security between compliance, managed firewalls, endpoint security, SOC and SIM. You know, then you get into protecting the edge and remote users. And then you get into zero trust. There's all these different aspects. And so what we want to do is say, let's talk about it from a business perspective. Don't worry about getting into the weeds. Ask them logical questions about their environment and then stop the conversation and say, let us bring in one of those amazing 20 resources that we have to whiteboard what the customer has and then make some recommendations on what other people are doing similar to them in, in their industry, in their vertical or in their, their segment of uh, large or small uh, business organization. And then what I would do is I would, I would give the guidance to anybody who has been an expert in any other field voice, data, UCAS, contact center, cloud, and say, the first thing you want to do is really have those at-bats, have the security conversation. It builds momentum. You've got to want to learn it. We're doing lightning trainings where I'm actually working with some of our uh, top partners to say, bring your, your team onto a, an hour and a half call with me, and let's go into every aspect of security. Talk about the different types of conversations that you can have, talk about what's resonating, talk about some of the threats that are out there, and then give you that confidence, give you that blueprint with the right questions to ask. And then we have this just this amazing product now that just came out, Solution View. And Solution View allows you to go into a customer meeting with the exact questions that my engineers and my architects would ask a customer if they were sitting with you. And so now you can actually be an expert on asking the right questions. And then from there, stop the conversation, bring in one of our engineers to continue it from there. Yeah, I love it. You bring up a great point. Um, you know, with that solution view set, I think it helps partners take this security conversation to the next level, right? Uh, like you said, like we, we our, our role here is to be very customer facing. We're in a lot of discovery calls trying to figure out what everybody needs, what the next steps, who the vendors are. But that really that tool is such an evolution because it puts the power back in the hands of the partner. And it, it isn't, you know, don't worry if you don't know what the next question is, because there's there's such a dynamicness to this tool where based on the customer's needs, it's going to steer them down the road of the conversation, whether they care about compliance, whether they care about technical controls or logical controls and those types of things and gives them a, a very educational leave behind uh, some recommendations and things like that. Um, so certainly encourage in, uh, anybody to go in and uh, check out that tool and, and run one of those assessments if they haven't. I think the other thing too, to call out, that you brought up is the, uh, the, the, the humble brag on, on the CISSPs, right? For anybody that's not familiar with what that means, um, we, we nerds here, we, we love our certifications, right? And that's a big, uh, every other word out of my mouth sometimes is certifications, but 
the, the value in this CISSP is that it teaches us how to look at how security impacts the business and not just, oh, a firewall broken, need new firewall. It's, it's what's the risk? What's the risk tolerance to the organization? What's the cost? What's the cost of a breach? What's, you know, not just PR, but really turns it into a math formula and looks at it uh, of helping a business understand, do they want to accept these risks? Do they want to mitigate them? Have they even thought about addressing them? And so to your point, I think there's there's roughly uh, under 100,000 or so of, of the CISSPs worldwide, and there's currently three here, uh, and, and you can't really get that anywhere else, and soon to be more. So excited about that. Uh, great group of folks that we get to work alongside with uh, as well. You bring up some great points there. Um, let's talk about trends. So we've, we've laid the groundwork a little bit. Uh, you know, early on, I think when we started talking about security years and years ago in this channel, everybody was like, "Ah, eh, I'm good. I've got perimeter knocked. I've got a, a 40 on the edge. I've got a Palo on the edge. I think I'm okay. Right. What we know, it's obviously a lot more layers than that. We talk about NIST and framework, but talk maybe about some trends, right? As you're out there on the front lines too, what kind of trends are you seeing? Yeah. So we're seeing about seven things that are resonating more than, than most. The first would be endpoint detection response or, or you know, next-gen anti-malware. And what we're seeing is customers who signed agreements three or four years ago are now coming up for their renewal, and they want the new latest and greatest EDR platform. And so we're getting a tremendous amount of requests to actually change people's EDR and get them to some of the best providers that we have in the portfolio. You know, the CrowdStrikes, the Sentinel ones, the... Uh, carbon black solution. And then on top of EDR, the next conversation is really around the SOC, Security Operations Center. And that can come in two different flavors. One is MDR, Managed Detection Response. It's that human element that layers on top of endpoint detection response and is looking for those anomalies, those things that are getting past, you know, all the security measures we have in place. So Security uh, Operations Center is eyes on glass, human bodies kind of looking at all those those different threats. And so we have that stem also that comes into play. And so we get a lot of people that just say, we don't have the resources. I can't staff it 24 by seven. And even if I did, I don't know what technology is best to use. And then my guys wouldn't even know what to do with a threat that got past the firewall. They'd be like, oh, uh, anybody know what to do with that bad actor? Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are really becoming Two of the big ones, cyber insurance is gaining a ton of momentum. And I'll give an example of that here in a, in a second, but cyber insurance, they're asking for a lot more requirements in order to renew your policy or the policy is gonna go up 200 to 400%. And we have providers in our portfolio that can fill all of those requirements with attestations. And so we're seeing a huge, uh, tremendous amount of uptick in, in cyber insurance conversations and people coming into us and saying, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We're also getting a lot of requests from a virtual CISO perspective. There's something close to 2.7 million cybersecurity open vacant jobs right now. And there's just not enough resources. So people are coming to us and asking, you know, what can we do to help? And that's where we're, we're marrying them with some of the right providers that fit their, that customer's needs and bringing in that virtual chief security officer to the table to give them framework, to give them guidance, to help them with all different aspects of their business. And then going back to what you had asked earlier in the conversation, we're seeing a lot around assessments, vulnerability assessments, gap assessments, risk assessments, pen testing. 
we still get a lot of customers that say, we don't have that baseline. We need to know where to go. And then the next thing I would say is zero trust. We really have a lot of customers coming to us saying, zero trust is important to us. We have all these employees that are working remote. We're giving them too much freedom and flexibility. And we need to tighten up the parameters on what they have access to and put more guidance, rein them in. And so we're helping with zero trust to uh, for you know different aspects of, of how they can put more controls around their employees. And then lastly, you know, this is cloud, but cloud is the first step of security. We're getting business uh, disaster recovery, business continuity, backups as a service to make sure if you're breached that you can get back up and running. And then now with all the remote users, desktop as a service, we're getting a really a large amount of requests around can we, you know, allow them to bring their own device, but yet harden down the image in case they ruin anything. Mm -hmm. You know, we have more control, more security around all those different cloud aspects. And those will probably be the top seven that are resonating. There's a lot more that we see but uh, those are the ones that we get asked about. Good. Uh, so, so let's let's dive a little deeper in. Um, you know, part of this is that we want to give partners the confidence and and the comfort level and the education level to to understand some of these things and and you know how to have these conversations with the customers if they're not having them already. And I think through all of these things, through you know your, your leadership on the leading out the practice, the tactical side from our team. A partner going out to a regional event, maybe a boot camp, uh, maybe a deeper dive, uh, you know, an academy, a multi-day event, and then uh, you know our, our our LMS online. A lot of mechanisms there for a partner to learn and and get education, and of course from our suppliers and their unique product sets. So take all that into consideration. I, I would love to hear an example of all right. We we walked into this customer. Uh, we were brought in. The problem was X, or the technology was X. And, uh, you know, it, it, it came to us like this and ended up going out the door like this. And here's, you know, here's some of the technology that we put in. Maybe walk us through the little more granular of some of those, one of those. So I had a, a really good lightning training with a partner where we, we spent about an hour and a half immersing into cybersecurity, the technology, how to have that business conversation. And uh, one of the things I said, you know, lead with cyber insurance and, and watch what happens. And so they actually led with cyber insurance to one of uh, their prospects. And he said, you know what's interesting that you bring that up because my cyber insurance policy is coming up in November. We have about six months and my insurance provider said, we need you to do these 10 things or we're not gonna renew your policy. And so um, he said, I started to do this myself. And I go, what were some of the things they were asking for? And he said, well, they asked me for multi-factor authentication. So I went to Duo, and Duo wanted to charge me $7,000 a month. They asked for security awareness training. And so I went to Know Before, and Know Before wanted to charge me $12,000 a month. They said I needed managed detection response on top of the EDR. That was going to cost me $10,000 a month on the company that I went to. They wanted me to have backups with policies and procedures. That was going to cost me $7,000 a month. They told me I needed to have strong passwords. So I went to LastPass, and that was going to cost me something close to $3,000 a month. He said, all of these things were $50,000 a month. I said, you're going to technology providers directly. We could bring in one, maybe two providers and fulfill all of those things for probably closer to $15,000 a month. And he said, how much are you going to charge me? And I said, we're not going to charge you anything. And he said, done. You guys get all my business. 
So just leading with something simplistic like that actually opened up a conversation for all of these needs that he didn't actually have, which you should have in place. But it really opened up his eyes to these are things that, you know, our organization just overlooked. And by that right there, we we had a $15,000 a month customer come to us. And it was, he was very appreciative because he also got to renew his cyber insurance policy for the same cause without it going up. Right. And, is- and then he's a hero, right? We, we've made him a yeah. hero out of that equation. Exactly. I, you know, you, uh, you, you bring up another uh, uh, idea of you look at the culmination of these things. I think what we see a lot of the times when we, if I look at, okay, the last, you know, 50 security discovery calls that we did, I think the common thread is that customers aren't sure if the direction they're in is the right direction. They aren't sure if they know all of their gaps. They have a, they have an idea. Uh, it's generally somebody that is, uh, doing security a portion of the time and it isn't a primary role. And it, it is a, a lack of staffing and a trend of, I just don't have the expertise, nor if I do have the expertise, is this what I want my people to be spending their time on? And so I think if you, if you put all those things together and you lead out with some of those talk tracks that you mentioned, I think what you're going to find is, is that the customers are just overwhelmed. And once they, they, they open the kimono, right, you get an idea of, wow, they're, there's a lot of areas that we could help in here. And if we can do that through a collapsing of vendors and tool and technology sprawl and, and, you know, have that managed that takes away this concern of, you know, dealing with what they're dealing with, of the great resignation and the security staff, uh, uh, staffing shortage and all of those things and puts it under one bucket. So I think to your point, it's, it's, we do find that security sometimes, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, just tends to come down to a business conversation. How does, you know, what, what is the business's view on security and how does this impact you and where do you feel that you are? It's, it's very interesting. So think about all, all of us in general, when we're teaching our kids, having a business conversation, we're at the mercy of, of our knowledge base of, of what we've learned over time. Yeah. And so when you think about an IT staff, you know, a, a CIO, CTO typically wasn't necessarily always in the trenches when cybersecurity was more than just a firewall. They weren't there when compliance was necessary part of the job. Stassi, zero trust, cyber insurance, all these things are new over the last five years. And so they've been leaning heavily on their guys. And if their guy's a Barracuda guy with checkpoint firewall, you know, background, then that's what he's going to tell his, mm-hmm. his CIO to go get. And so you're at the mercy of, of learning from, you know, just the, the resources that you have available. So what's great about um, our team is those CIOs don't want to go and air their dirty laundry in front of their peers. They're kind of embarrassed. They'd rather have a business conversation with a trusted resource like what we have at Telaris where they can feel safe and say, I don't know what the best of breed technology is. Can you educate me on some of the providers that I may not have heard of? Because I don't know where to go with all of these technologies. And that's really where we can add so much value. And I think our partners don't realize that we get 40 requests a month and we turn down 39 of them into to get added to our portfolio because we only want the best of the best technology providers in our portfolio so that we're going to make them and their customers look good in front of, you know, their board of directors and that they're not going to have those, those issues by having an inferior product. That's really the, the value that we bring to the table more than anything else. Good. Great points. 
So let's jump in. Final thoughts here. So we've talked and kind of done this culmination of, uh, you know, where we started, where we were at years ago with perimeter security, and that was good enough. Fast forward, the world's a bad place. The bad guys are fast, faster. They have more resources, more money, more time. Where we're at right now, a lot of different layers of security, a framework, lots of virtual CISO, lots of, of tools. Where do we go from here? What's next? What, what, if a partner is jumping into this, what do they need to be paying attention to on the horizon? Is it things like CASB? Is it things like zero trust? Flip your security model on its head? What, from your perspective, right? What do you want to throw out there? Yeah, great point. So I think CASB, zero trust are huge. It's how to protect that remote user. Remember when we thought we just build this castle and everyone would live in the castle and we just put walls around the castle and a moat around that and keep everybody out. Now, you know, after everything has happened over the last couple of years, it's, it's okay to work remote. And we're working out of coffee shops and hotels and airports and food places and, and our house. And so really, how do you protect that remote user? Bring your own devices, huge. How do we really look at that? And so that moves into this IoT and mobility framework. We're seeing a huge uptick in IoT mobility and we're gonna come in and layer secure that aspect of things. How do you protect against the, the IoT and mobility portion as well as OT? Looking at the hardware aspect and what is what are, what are those hardware resources doing in your environment? So we're gonna be looking at that. Then we're also, uh, I see a lot around framework. You know, a lot of companies just don't have a framework in place, whether it be NIST or CMMC, or you know some other one, really getting started on that that framework aspect we're we're helping with. Cyber insurance is just going to continue to be a necessary part of doing business. We just saw in North Carolina, they're the first state that said you are no longer allowed to pay uh, for a ransomware attack. Mm -hmm. If you do, it's actually considered an act of funding terrorism. Oof. So if if that happens and continues to progress you're gonna see, everyone's gonna to need to beef up their security. It says that 40% of board of directors by 2025 are gonna have a cybersecurity person on them. So the funding's gonna be there, the emphasis is gonna be there on security. How do we protect it? I wanna focus on international. As organizations continue to grow, we need to be able to support all the offices that we that we have you know, in, in Australia, in EMEA, in the UK, and then in Canada, we're looking to, venture out into those areas. And then I want audits to be in place. You know, we've been really good at preparing everybody for the, uh, to pass an audit, but we actually now have providers in the portfolio that can provide the audit. And then going back to cyber insurance, we're now able to help all of the organizations get all of those requirements fulfilled. But in the next, you know, couple months, we're actually gonna have our first broker in the portfolio and you'll be able to offer the policy not just the attestation but the actual policy to your customers so i see that kind of being where things are heading a little bit there's a lot of new things think about all the things that popped up over the last three to five years i'm super excited to see where the industry is going and we're going to continue to adapt and move and change with with uh, the industry and stay ahead of everything awesome all right, my man, uh, Jason Stein, VP of the security practice at Tolaris. Jason, I appreciate you coming on, man. That wraps us up for today. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, buddy.
All right, everybody. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. And this wraps us up for the security and assessments on the Next Level BizTech podcast. Until next week. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit tolaris.com for more information.